Well, this is uh, Richard Stryer. Uh, I live in uh, Chicago now. Graduated from Bronx Science in 1962. I grew up in uh, Riverdale. Is that all of your questions? you got questions? Them all. Yeah. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. What do you remember, if anything, about your first day, your first couple days at science? You know, I don't know that I remember anything about my first few days. I was so happy to be there. Uh, my junior high school was the only uh, school experience I didn't like, so I was glad to be out of junior high school. Very much wanted to go to science, did not want to go to the prep school right in my neighborhood that uh, called Horace Mann. Yeah. That, um, a was all boys, which seemed very unattractive, and B was very expensive, uh, which I knew my parents couldn't afford. But if I didn't get into science, I was going to have to go there. So I was just basically glad to be at science, not at Horace Mann, and not in junior high school 141. <laughs> so let's go into the classroom. Uh, any teachers or classes that stand out in your mind as particularly memorable for better or for worse? Well... I know you're interested in sort of life-altering uh, mm -hmm. uh, experiences, and um, the one for me, I mean, oddly, uh, I've got to be one of the few um, uh, English professors to come out of the Bronx High School of Science. The, uh, the great experience for me was a, a college English course my senior year, taught by a woman named Dr. Gordon. We always called her Dr. Gordon. She was a PhD, mm. and um, it met uh, for two hours or two classes, I guess, two hours a day. Every day, Monday through Friday, wow. you had to be specially selected to get in. I guess it was a group of about 25. Mm. And it was sensational. It was, uh, it was my first uh, real uh, experience of what serious reading of literature could be like. And um, as I said, I'm still doing it, uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, over 50 years later. <laughs> when you say serious reading, what do you, what do you mean by that? spending real time on a text. So I think we did Hamlet for maybe three months, might have mm. been longer. That just taught me what it's like to really pay attention to details, to think about details, and then to try to put details into a larger into a larger picture, but to really take seriously that if a work is worth studying, it's worth studying in painstaking detail, and that all sorts of little details can be interesting if you sort of notice them and think about them. And then the, the sense of love and love for doing this and passion for doing it that I got for her that I discovered I had myself. So uh, Dr. Gordon and I got along very well. Mm. And I have to say I have, um, I have lifelong friends from that class. Uh, from specifically that English from, class? From uh, Dr. Gordon's college English class. Uh, mm. I have um, a friend I'm in just about daily touch with. And wow. my first girlfriend was in that class. And uh, it was a life-altering experience in many ways. What was the hardest part of that class? Hmm. Going to other classes afterwards. <laughs> I mean, it was like life. It was totally, that's all you wanted to do. I mean, who knows? I, I might have ended up in the same, on the same path anyhow, but it certainly pointed me there very directly and suggested to me that I had a talent for it. How, uh, how typical was it to have a, a teacher who is a woman? Oh, good question. Um, that's a very good question. I think at the time, I didn't think much about it. But I think in retrospect, it was unusual. I think all the other teachers I can remember, mm. I think were guys. 
So that's a that's a very good point. Yeah, and with the doctor too. Um, and with the doctor, that's yeah. right. She was just you know the teacher, the great right. Dr. Gordon, and it didn't occur to me that there was something very special about her situation. Yeah. So now having been uh, that the person at the front of the class for for many students, w- what do you hope your students walked out of your class with? Or, you know, and I know different classes take different forms, but is there it, is there something that you hope that they left with? Well, I hope to do for them what Dr. Gordon right. did for me. I mean, I hope to have them uh, love reading and really want to do it the opposite of speed reading, mm-hmm. to really take their time and, and, and think about what they're reading. It's not so much the particular subject matter, although I hope they end up, you know, loving Shakespeare or Renaissance poetry or whatever it is. But really, um, I hope they love the activity of reading and thinking about literature, thinking about serious texts. My fantasy is that whatever people end up doing, and you know, very, very few of my students end up becoming uh, humanistic uh, academics. Mm-hmm. But I'm, what I'm hoping, what I hope is that um, uh, the kids I have in freshman humanities who have to take freshman humanities, whether they like whether it or not, whether they like it or not, <laughs> uh, on some rainy day, 25, 30 years later, when uh, they're successful, whatever, lawyers, whatever, uh, and they're a little bored, uh, take down one of those books that uh, they, they, for some reason, saved from <laughs> freshman humanities and say, you know, I think that Plato guy was pretty interesting. I think I'll take another look at that. And that's my hope is to just have that there as a lifelong resource for people, not as not as a profession, but just as a kind of life-enhancing uh, resource or something so i tell them keep the books don't sell them keep those books you're gonna you're gonna want them you're not gonna need them but you're gonna want them are there books for you that through all the moves and the changes let's say to make it science specific books front that you read in high school that are still on the shelf that you pull down every once in a while you mean actual copies yeah uh or or the same text well the same text of course i mean i'm still i've been spent classes. my whole life uh, you know, thinking about Hamlet since Dr. Gordon <laughs> did it with us, uh, you know, for uh, three months in uh, 1961, too. But um, I don't know that I have any actual, well, I might actually have the copy of Madame Bovary that I read mm. with her. It's possible I have a few novels mm. from then. So let's go back into science. What was the... Uh... What was the most trouble you ever got in there? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I made a terrible mistake my senior year. I was very arrogant. And um, all my friends who were humanistically inclined and who were in uh, college English uh, took as one of their, you know, in, in your senior year, I, then at least, I don't know if it's changed, you had your choice of uh, any uh, electives you wished in advanced science or math, <laughs> you couldn't take an <laughs> really advanced, opened up the spectrum. Yeah, you couldn't take a, an advanced history or whatnot course. So, so everybody took uh, microbiology, which we and uh, blood and urine, uh, which was fun and and not not terribly demanding, except that you had to keep poking your finger all the time for blood. <laughs> uh, but and then the other thing everybody took, who is a kind of humanist was history and development of science, which counted as a science course, Mm. even though it was a history course. But for some reason, I got there late, and I couldn't sort of get in the door, and I thought, no, I'm going to take a real science course. And for reasons I cannot remember, I signed up for advanced quantitative chemistry, 
oh, with someone weird. named Mr. Cherry, who is a sadist. <laughs> this was a total nightmare because I was terrible at lab, and this course was all lab. And on the first day, you were introduced to your balance, uh, which was behind a sheet of glass and was accurate to the, I don't know what it is, one hundredth of a milligram or something. And um, it was that was basically the instrument you were going to use, and the course was trying to figure out, after some preparation, to figure out what your unknown was. You were handed a vial of something, <laughs> and you were supposed to, by doing various experiments, figure out what your thing was. Mm. Well, it was a total nightmare. I never figured out what my thing was. <laughs> it remained unknown. Uh, it remained unknown. It was what it was, namely the, un the unknown <laughs> very, substance. Very philosophical. Right. Movie. It was the unknown substance. And um, But uh, your, your grade didn't depend on, luckily didn't depend on um, finding out what it was, but you had to keep an elaborate notebook. The idea was, I mean, it was a very... Uh, a good idea with relation to science that that what matters is procedures is that you right. you had to keep a notebook showing the procedures you went through trying to figure out. Well, I think I'd still be in Mr. Cherry's course at Bronx Science if it wasn't for this wonderful woman named Susan Russell, who let me study her notebook. I couldn't copy it because I had to do different things, but it gave me the idea of what you were supposed to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I got as the lowest grade I ever got. I think I got like a seventy-five. In it, they used to grade by numbers. Do they still yeah, grade they still by do, numbers? Yeah. I was just happy to get. I was just happy to pass. It was the only course in my life that I felt, <laughs> thank God, I've passed it. So the high point was Dr. Gordon, and the low point was Mr. Cherry. <laughs> um, so before we before we wrap, um, any last memories or uh, people or experiences or thoughts about the place that you want to make sure get included? Well, I think. Um, the, a lot of the pleasure of the place was just being around so many really intelligent, lively people. And um, as I said, I mean, I have friends from then. And uh, I just, I enjoyed being in my classes. I enjoyed hanging out with uh, with my friends and with the other students. It was just, it was just clearly a wonderful group to, to be in. And, uh, you know, I've been in uh, many groups of intelligent people, uh, mm -hmm. including, you know, the faculty at the University of Chicago and uh, my graduate uh, student friends at Harvard and whatnot, but I still think my colleagues at Bronx Science, the students, were the most impressive group of people I've ever met, mm. and uh, very happy to be to be one of them. And most of all, it was co-ed. <laughs> <laughs> to be around smart women was a great, great thing, mm. and not what, to be intimidated by smart women. Yeah, that's I I agree. What is it about that that that, that stands out as formative or important? Well. My friends who had the either fortune or misfortune of going to Horace Mann, uh, which at the time, as I said, was all boys. I mean, here they they went to this all boys school from, I guess it was seventh grade all the way through high school. So in their sort of formative years, they were not around, uh, mm -hmm. you know, women who were equal to them. And they got to college. They were a whole bunch of them were like frightened of intelligent women. Mm -hmm. And um, I was used to being around intelligent women, most of whom were better at science than I was. So. Yeah. It was, it, that was, I just think, in terms of uh, human development and social development and just general happiness, appreciating intelligent women was uh, one of the things that, uh, that science gave me. I don't think that's anywhere in the brochures, but... <laughs> no, it's important. It, it's yeah. certainly, I, I'd say it really was a crucial thing in my life. <laughs>